brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. In this week's episode, learn more about the counseling services offered at the schools and meet the woman who oversees the program. Plus, get the details on one of the hottest events of the year, the Middle School Valentine's Dance. And we'll give you a rundown of several events you won't want to miss. First this morning, National School Counseling Week kicks off tomorrow. It's a time to focus public attention on the unique contribution of school counselors within U.S. school systems. At Monroe County Schools, Director of Student Services Pat Napier works closely with our school counselors to make sure our students receive the best service possible. Ms. Napier, can you give us a brief overview of what you do? Well, my title is Director of Student Services. I have the pleasure of working with some of the superheroes in Monroe County. I support the school counselors, school nurses, family service, and the family services coordinator. I oversee and support the school attendance council, schedule and assist in school safety walks, monitor and provide updates for our AEDs in the, in the system, and at athletic venues. I review and collect all emergency operation plans in the district and work closely with local agencies such as Monroe County Sheriff's Office, Versailles Police Department, local fire departments, Monroe County DFACS, Care Cottage, DJJ, River Edge, and Emergency Management Agency, and the school resource officers. I also assist and support parents and students when they contact the board office, and I complete individual COVID-19 reports for each positive case within the district. Woo-wee, you wear a lot of hats. So we are gonna take it one piece at a time. Okay. Next week is National School Counseling Week. So Correct. you mentioned the counselors. What is your connection to the school counselors? Well, I'm a certified school counselor and I conduct district counselor meetings throughout the school year. I share training opportunities, updates, and other resources with them as I receive each, each resource. I coordinate the REACH scholars for the Monroe County system and work closely with the middle and high school counselors with this identification and monitoring process. Overall, I support these ladies. The majority of the school counselors have been in the district for a while, and I was fortunate enough to work with most of them when during my years as a school counselor. They are an incredible group, and I'm still fortunate to be associated with them. Now, why is it important to have counselors available for students? Well, school counselors are tasked in addressing academic, career, and social-emotional development in our students. Students need a safe place and a safe person to go to when they share problems and concerns. Although the counselor assignments vary based on the child's age, all counselors offer a safe environment that is free of ridicule, fear, judgment, and discipline. Often the problems children present to us may seem minor, but they are always validated when they affect a child from enjoying regular life activities learning at school, and from having overall happiness, safety, and daily essentials in their lives. All right, now your counselors work pretty closely with the students, but what do you do if a child needs more support than one of those counselors can offer? Well, counselors typically provide classrooms, small group, and individual counseling sessions. They may also use the expertise of community agencies 
in assignment with those special sessions as well. All of these services have a process that includes a beginning, a middle, and an end stage for our school counselors. Anything beyond the time frame of a school counselor is typically referred to an outside agency or therapist or additional services. Counselors are careful not to associate their services as the role of a therapist. So in the counseling department, we develop a list of resources, even though we don't refer to one specific um, agency, we may have a plethora in the Monroe County area or surrounding areas that the parents can choose what suits their needs best. All right, now in the beginning, you listed all the various roles and hats that you wear right now, but we all know the thing taking up the most of your time at the moment is COVID-19. Yes. So can you walk our listeners through what it is you do when someone reports a positive case? Okay. We developed a system of how we um, do this process for identifying positive cases. So the school administrators and directors notify me of positive cases of students and employees. Each school or department will update the spreadsheet with specific information for all positive cases and they list exposures as well. As the spreadsheets are updated, I receive an email with each update. Sometimes it may be an update with several names on it. I take the information and complete one report for each positive case, and this information is shared with the superintendent, the Department of Public Health, Monroe County Health Department, and the school principal or director. I share these updates with uh, Department of Public Health, with the administrators, and we communicate as often as needed for clarification on each case. So you do this for every positive case on every campus and staff member in every department? Everyone, yes ma'am, that is correct. How much time are you spending on this? The majority of my day, and sometimes a little bit on the weekends when I get calls, and sometimes when I choose to do a little extra work on the weekends to, to get caught up, it, it takes the majority of my time. But I still, I'm still responsible for all of those other groups that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, all of my meetings and and I work with like I said I work with superheroes so we support one another in getting it done all right and I apologize but I'm gonna ask you something else I heard you mention earlier the reach scholarship and I got to see my first reach scholarship signing this school year yes can you tell our listeners what what is the reach scholarship and how does that help our kids reach scholarship is an ingenious way of providing our students with the knowledge, the skills, and the know-how of making it to college. Oh, and also they provide them with money for, for, for college as well. We identify students um, at the middle school level, at the eighth grade level, they go through the application process and the interview process, and a team of impartial uh, people associated with the school or either the community, they sit together and ask um, just a couple of questions just to get to know the child. And from there, they are scored and ranked. And we, depending on how many donations we have from generous uh, community support agencies, we decide on how many. Sometimes it may be five REACH scholars. I think this year, under the circumstances of COVID, COVID um, this year we had two. Last year we had one. But it's all based on generous donations from community supporters. And if somebody wants to donate, they can contact you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're more than welcome to donate. And once the scholars are identified at middle school, we put them in contact with 
their assigned high school counselor and some teachers who serve as their mentors and even me as if I see them I always make sure I check on them and especially since we're so close to the freshman campus anyway but during the process we talk about college we make sure that they know the process and so a lot of these kids may not think that they are worthy or smart enough to go to college but the teachers think otherwise and they help in the identification process. I just love that so much. Everybody's holding up these children to get them through high school and off to college. Absolutely. That is a beautiful thing. It is. Now before we wrap this up, is there anything else about your many, many, many roles that you would like to tell our youth, our listeners? Well, I think the last thing I want to share is um, Monroe County Schools, the employees and the community, they do a great job of providing services and support to our students and their families at every level in various capacities just like you said, even with the REACH Scholars. Monroe County Schools has some of the hardest working employees putting forth their best efforts each and every day, especially in the midst of a pandemic. I have the pleasure of working with many of these people every day. The district's success stories are a direct reflection of hard work and determination. I'm happy to have been a part of the Monroe County Schools for the past 17 years. Ms. Napier, we appreciate everything you do, and thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Monroe County Schools places a big emphasis on Career, Technical, and Agricultural Education, or CTAE. Our CTAE pathways cover a number of career focuses, ranging from automotive technology to the Internet of Things. MPTV's Alex Johnston sat down with Assistant Principal Tammy Marion to learn more about the program. Hi, I'm Alex with MPTV. Today I'm speaking with Ms. Tammy Marion, who is a CTAE Director for Monroe County Schools. So Ms. Marion, can, can you tell us what CTAE stands for and what it means? Yes, Career Technical and Agricultural Education. And um, it just, it means that's the focus we have in those areas. We focus on all of that career, the technical piece and the agricultural piece, and really educating students about how they can use that beyond high school. And how is CTAE different from the core class? Um, the CTAE class focuses on a lot of workforce preparation, and it's that avenue or highway that we use to uh, connect workforce with the education in high school. Um, they focus on a lot of soft skills and teaching students how to deal with employers um, as an employee, and it also, CTAE gives students a chance to connect and try to figure out what their interests are. We've got U Science that um, all the students have taken this year, and that's going to help us guide students into what career they may want to um, look toward to, and then the ability to be able to prepare for that through those classes. Got it. <clears throat> What's the best thing about this position? Uh, probably getting to take a closer look at the CTAE pathways, um, being the, also being the Mary Persons High School Assistant Principal for Instruction. I focus on instruction generally anyway, but this has given me a different perspective on CTAE because I've gotten to learn a lot of the intricate pieces of it behind the scenes, the, the financial, the funding, and things like that. And it's also given me a chance to get to know their CTAE teachers a little better and what their purpose is in our school. And what's the most challenging position, uh, part of this position? Definitely the paperwork and all of the extra training that has to go into learning the particulars of my, my new job. Yeah, I did see that. I did. Describe an average day as a CTAE director. 
Well, it's kind of hard right now. It's a little bit all over the place um, because I juggle a couple of different things as the API at MP. I, I don't really have a full day of CTAE um, being the director of that area. Uh, so I really have to add that into parts of my duties with um, the API position. But um, it's a lot of looking at curriculum, making sure everything's aligned for the students, um, making sure the funding and everything is aligned correctly and that we're supporting our needs of the community and that we're supporting the needs of our students to hopefully gain um, employment beyond high school. That's good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us as we kick off CTAE month this February. All right. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Another CTAE pathway involves broadcasting and media and it offers our students hands-on experience in the field. You'll see some of them recording school functions, and you hear others right here on this show. Let's meet the MP Stream Team. Have you ever wondered who is behind the voices you hear every week? Well, I'm Amy Starr, and I'm here to give you a little insight on MPTV's Stream Team. Each week, the MPTV Stream Team has three main responsibilities, the news, the radio show, and sometimes the podcast. In this class, we learn how to write scripts, do storyboards, be confident on camera, and overall just be a good broadcaster. I will be introducing everyone in the class and they will be answering a few questions for me. What is your name and what year are you in broadcast? Hi, I'm Jessica and I'm a first year broadcast student. My name is Ryan and I'm in year one. Hi, my name is Justin Black. My name is Ansley Brooks and I am first year in broadcast. My name is Jackson Balfour. I'm a first year in broadcast. I'm, uh, I'm Jackson Sparks, and I am a second year in broadcast. Hi, my name is Gwyneth Cave, and I am in my third semester of broadcast. Okay, hello, my name is Mariah Germany, and this is my fourth year in broadcast. My name is Des, this is my first year in broadcasting. Hi everybody, my name is Kaylin, and I am a fourth year in broadcast. My name is Kayla, and I'm a second year in broadcast. My name's Amaya Webb. Hi, my name is Connor Woolley. I'm a third year in broadcast. My name is Jamai Davis, and I am a second year. I'm Jake, and I'm in a second year. Hey, I'm Gracie, and I'm a second year here in broadcast. Hey guys, I'm Allie Smith. I'm Aaron, and this is my first year of broadcasting. Hello, my name is Jacob. This is my second year in broadcast. Hi, I'm Caroline, and I've been in broadcast for three semesters, so I'm a third year. My name's Faith, and I've been in broadcast for two semesters, so I'm a second year. My name is Ella Magda, and I'm a first year in broadcast. Hey, I'm Emma Phelan. I'm a second year in broadcast. Uh, hello, my name is Josh Harris, and um, um, I'm a first year in broadcast. My name is Elijah, and, and this is my first year in broadcast. Hi, I'm Eli, and I'm in year one broadcast. Hello, my name is Austin Howell, and I'm a third year in broadcast. Yo, what up? My name is James. Um, I'm 2024, and I'm the first year in broadcast. Hi, my name is Austin, and this is my first year of doing film and technology. My name is Sarah Poole. This is my first year in broadcast. My name is Dylan Knight, and I am a second year in broadcasting. Hello, my name is Sean Rogers. What are a few basic things that you learn in broadcast? Some of the basic things that you learn in broadcast or your first semester of broadcast is you learn how to set up a camera, how to record, zoom in, how to set up microphones like the lavaliers and the boom mic. Um, we go through premiere projects, how to set up premiere, how to 
start a new project and how to export one and all the stuff in between like cutting your project your film project and transitions and you know all, all that stuff to have great editing skills in this class you learn time management and the biggest thing is you learn how to edit. And I think something that you need to know about broadcasting is that you need to know how to like edit and make sure you like have everything that you need in a certain file. So it's like quick access. And the basic things you learn in broadcast are how to put together a script, how to work a camera, and how to edit. What would you say is the hardest thing about this class? The hardest thing about this class um, would definitely be not procrastinating. You have to be on your uh, P's and Q's, and you have to make sure you pay attention so you're not confused. The hardest thing about this class is probably paying attention. The hardest thing about this class is trying to get everything done by the deadlines because we have so many, like, different assignments all at one time. So probably turning in all those assignments on time. The most difficult thing about working in this class is working with other people because not everybody is as committed as other people. What kind of preparation goes into the news each week? We have to write a script, depending on what you're doing. Or if you're doing like interviews, like lunch interviews, you will um, have to get it, make up some questions, get the camera, Go in there and, you know, ask the people, well, find people first and you ask them. And some, some preparation that goes into the news is that every Monday or sometimes the week before, we'll get like our assignments, like if you want to be an anchor or if you want to do sports or if you want to do some kind of club like spotlight, we get our like our assignments the week before or like the Monday. And then we spend that Monday writing scripts and like deciding where we're gonna like film at. Are we gonna film in the classroom? Are we film in the lunchroom? And then on Tuesday, Wednesdays, we usually go out to actually go film. And we like we get cameras. We take turns going out to go film so that we're not all at it once. And people that are still in the classroom have like other assignments to work on. And then on Thursdays, we usually spend that time to edit. And then on Fridays. You're supposed to turn it in by then, but sometimes some students spend their Fridays putting like last finishing touches. And then on Monday, the show premieres and it's great and amazing. What kind of traits do you need in order to be successful in this class? You need to know how to use a computer properly. You should be able to adapt to things easily in this class. Do you plan on continuing in the broadcasting field? I do continue planning on continuing the broadcast field for being an actress. I do plan on going into journalism and into broadcasting in my future after college. Uh, if I do plan on continuing in a career broadcasting field, uh, I probably just might be editing uh, videos for like content creators or editing my own videos. I would probably just be an editor. I do plan on going into a broadcasting career, like in, in the field of broadcasting. I plan to be a photographer. I, I do plan on continuing my broadcasting career um, in order to be um, a sportscaster or ESPN anchor. What is your favorite skill that you've learned so far in this class? My favorite skill that I've learned so far is probably just editing videos and putting them together because I think it's going to be a valuable life skill later.
One of my favorite skills that I've learned so far is editing. And one of my favorite skills that I've learned in this class is probably um, getting better and learning how to edit. For Monroe County Middle School students, the Valentine's Dance is the biggest night of the year. However, most of our current middle schoolers haven't had the chance to experience it yet. But that's changing in just a few days. MPTV's Jackson Sparks met with parent engagement specialist Connie Tain to find out about this year's dance. Or, should I say dances? Let's listen. Hi, I'm uh, Jackson Sparks, and uh, I'm here with Miss Connie Tain, the parent coordinator for the Monroe County Middle School. So Hi. today we're going to be interviewing on the Valentine's dance. And so this, I'll start off, uh, how is the dance different this year compared to previous years? Well, the biggest difference is that it's, um, we had to take a year off last year because of COVID. So um, the only kids in the school who have actually been to a Valentine dance are the current eighth graders. The seventh graders have never gotten to experience and obviously the sixth graders haven't either. So, um, two-thirds of the crowd there um, have never been to one, so it's going to be a, a new experience for far more. Another way it's different is um, in previous years, sixth, seventh, and eighth grades have all been together, and this year the sixth grade will have their dance on Thursday night, and seventh and eighth grade will be on Friday night, so we're splitting it up. And I heard uh, that was mainly because I think whichever grade it was had like a lot of children, like a lot more Yes, the sixth grade class has um, 400 kids, yeah, which that's... is a very, very, very large, a very large class. Um, so yes, we it would be absolutely too much to have everybody in there all at one time. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's a lot of children. Yes, um, a lot of middle schoolers. When you yeah. think about, it. yeah, yeah. Um, and so another thing was. Uh, the price change and just asking like, what was the reason behind all that? You know, that I'm not exactly sure about. This is my first time doing the dance. So I don't, I did have, I have had four children who have gone through the middle school and done the dances, but I don't remember ticket prices, but I, my guess would be that the cost of supplies everywhere has gone up. Yeah. So um, we provide a full catered meal. Um, and I think those kind of uh, prices have, have risen um pizza prices of pizza has gone up um i think just all all the way around um prices have increased yeah and speaking of uh pizza stuff so i was gonna ask like what food and drinks do you guys set out um so we have a caterer who um does a full spread a full meal um on top of that we have pizza and cupcakes we have all kinds of um uh, water tea soft drinks we just try to make it um, just a lot of fun. It's not just little yeah. um, little snacks. It's a, a full meal and um, something that they will really enjoy. Something that just makes it special for them. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, uh, decorations. Do you have anything specific you guys are putting up this year? Mm -hmm. We have lots of decorations. We have. Um, we're going to have three photo backdrops, um, complete with lights. We'll have a red carpet they walk in on. We have. Um, tons of uh, sparkly hearts that will hang from the ceiling and cover um, the walls. Um, we also have these great uh, structures that are, um, they're basically lollipop trees. And we're going to have um, those on some of the tables with candy, you know, sticking out for them to, to have. So it's going to be, 
it's going to be festive. It's not going to look like the cafeteria at all. Oh yeah. That sounds really fun. Um, so another is why does the middle school like have a Valentine's dance? Because compared to the high school, we only have homecoming and prom. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, just what's the difference? Um, well, I think that when Dr. Yarber came, he saw it as an opportunity for the kids to have a special night for them to get dressed up and um, just experience what a dance is prior to getting to high school. Um, it's a it's a good learning experience. It's a for socialization for the kids um, in a supervised atmosphere. Um, it it kind of gives them the chance to learn how to dress up and act um, like they should at a semi-formal function. Um, so in, in the past, the eighth graders have always had the, um, the eighth grade dance at the very end of the year, but that's during the day. Um, it's, it's just a little bit different. It's, you know, it's just for them. The Valentine's dance is just a, a time for kids to just have fun and learn what it's like, kind of, kind of get a taste of what it's going to be like when they get to high school and they have Hoko and the prom. Yeah. Um, so, and Dr. Yarber, because I know when I was there, he usually like DJ'd pretty much everything. So I was just curious, like, you know, like, is there going to be like an actual DJ or is Dr. Yarber going to do it? Yes. Dr. Yarber do always does the, um, the karaoke room and the, the dance room at the fall festival in the spring fling. But yeah. Matt Pippen, who is, um, actually married to Mrs. Jennifer Pippen at, um, who is a, um, you probably remember is the eighth grade yeah. science teacher at the middle school. Her husband is a DJ. And so he will be um, doing the DJ. Um, he'll be handling all that that night. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Um, so, like, what happens? Like, what's, like, regular just, um, like, stuff that goes on at the dance? Well, you know, this is my first time, so I'm not really sure. I've been a mom, but as a mom, when my kids went to the dance, I wasn't allowed in. Um, they There aren't any, all, all the chaperones are teachers and um, administration from the middle school. So there aren't any, the parents help with preparing the decorations and getting everything ready beforehand, but the parents are not actually there for the dance. So I don't know exactly how things go. Um, I think that there is, uh, I know that we're gonna set up the food outside the cafeteria. So there'll be time for the kids to eat and socialize out there. And then um, then I think it's just pretty much, um, you know, the, the time spent in the cafeteria dancing um, and hanging out with their friends. That sounds like a very fun time. And uh, yeah. that's all the questions I have for you today. So thank okay. you, Ms. Tane, for thank joining you. me. All right. I enjoyed it. If you think of anything else, feel free to give me a call back. All right. And how can people reach you? Um, my email address is connie.tane at mcschools.org, or they can call me at either one of the, um, the schools. Uh, T.G. Scott is um, the school where I'm at more of the time. So if, if they really need to reach me, um, that would be the best place to call. And, and if I'm not here, then I do have voicemail that they can leave me a message. All right. Well, thank you today for taking your time out and doing this with me. Sure. Thank you very much. Again, the MCMS Valentine's Dances happen next week. The 6th grade dance is Thursday, February 10th, and the 7th and 8th grade dance is Friday the 11th. We have a couple of other events coming up that you won't want to miss. 
T.G. Scott will present its school musical on February 17th and 18th at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center. This year's show is called Space Pirates. The annual Father-Daughter Dance will take place at Hubbard Elementary on Friday, February 25th. Tickets are on sale now and can be purchased at any of our elementary schools. Monroe County Schools is hosting a job fair on Saturday, February 26th at the Fine Arts Center. The event starts at 8.30 a.m. Bring your resume and come prepared to meet with the school administrators. This is your chance to join our team. For more information about available positions, visit our website, monroe.k12.ga.us. Again, that's monroe.k12.ga.us. Look for employment opportunities in the middle of the homepage. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.